Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to Strange Familiars. How are you doing, Allison? For reals. For reals. I'm okay. Good. It's cold today. It is, but I've had about 19 cups of apple cider, so I'm good. Mmm. Tis the season. Mm -hmm. For warm drinks and blankets. On tonight's show, we're going to be continuing my talk with Ron. If you didn't hear Ron's show last week, you might want to go back and listen. You could probably listen to either show in order. Because it's just a collection of different stories he's telling. But I don't think you want to miss any of it. Because he's got some great stories. Ron is from the Blackfoot Confederacy. He's telling a lot of stories of his own experiences. Also some of the beliefs of his culture. And how they approach the other. And different aspects of it. He's going to talk about an encounter with a little person. About mystery lights. And about uh, Bigfoot a little bit. And there's one really interesting thing he says. that Their name for Bigfoot translates to the nowhere people. I really like that. Oh, because they're not from any particular place. I don't know the exact reason why, but that's the translation. I like that. The nowhere people. I like the nowhere people for Bigfoot. Before we talk to Ron, though, I'd like to thank our patrons. Thank you so much, patrons. We could not make Strange Familiars without you. If you like what we do and you'd like to hear more Strange Familiars, you can become a patron at Patreon. Patreon.com slash Familiars. There's different tiers of support there, and there's options for billing yearly or monthly. Whatever tier you choose, whatever billing option you choose, you're helping us make the show. You're helping us make Strange Familiars, and you're getting extra content besides. We do two full episodes of Strange Familiars every month for our patrons. You know what else patrons get, Allison? What? Virtually commercial-free shows. If you don't like those ads... Patreon's the place to be. Now, there's some ads that are baked in, like when we did the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy ads. They're kind of baked into the show. They kind of stay. But the other ads are not there. So I call them almost ad-free shows on Patreon. So that's where to go if you want the ad-free versions. Again, it's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. Well, let's go ahead and get to my talk with Ron. Just because of the way it was edited, we recorded this in one session. He just walks right into his next story, which is about a little person. (laughs) 
So we're down by this fire, by this river, at the same place where those owls were talking. And there was a little bridge in the back of that house that led across this irrigation ditch to these coolies where they'd pasture out some cows. Well, we had a fire down there and, you know, drinking beers and stuff like that. It's old later on in my life. Well, I seen one headlight come and then it stopped way down that way. And another one come and it was a cop. And he was shining down around there. And one of my uncle and aunt were saying, oh, they can't bother us here. I know what they're doing. Oh, that must be so-and-so. So anyways, I was just curious watching it all. I got up and I'm going to walk up there. So I walked by that old house. There's a new house there. Uh, anyways, I walked by those two old houses. Um, went down to where I'd seen those first lights cut out because I thought maybe so-and-so did show up and he was hiding from the cops and I was going to visit him. Well, nothing there. So I was coming back. And when I was getting back around that bend and I could see that bridge, I was just walking. I still had a can of beer in my hand. And, and by the way, that's bad. When you're drinking and you're getting spooked, you can't do nothing to help yourself. They could just raise hell with you. Oh, anyways, that's what I was scared of, too. Like, oh, God, you know, but don't. But I'm walking, and that's when I first see him. As I see him, he sees me right at the same time. And boy, he tensed. I seen him visibly tense. Like, like where should I go next? You know, like, it is mm-hmm. like caught. And that's how he looked at me, and I kept walking, and I was scared. And at that point, for me to just not bolt and just make a beeline straight for that fire through all those rosehip bushes, all those thorns, I don't know what it was inside me, but something happened where I didn't take off. I just I picked up my pace really fast, and I kept walking toward it because it was in the same direction as I needed to go to get over there. And so I just keep walking. Like, Who's there? Who is it? That That's what gave me the strength, honestly, was being able to sound off, like in the military, you know, like that. Who's that? You know, just that challenge. That's mm-hmm. what, honestly, false bravado, I think, helped me get through that. And so as I said that, and I'm asking, who's there? Because I was scared. I was so scared because I could see through it, man. I, but it's dark. It's dark enough for me to see it, but I could see through some of the parts on it faintly, but I could see through I could see that bridge through it. So it's scaring me. You know, I know it's not. And so, I mean, I know it's not real. I know it's a spirit, but it's, it's also a little person. And as it sees me, it tenses and it dives off that bridge as I'm walking toward it, and it doesn't come up. I stopped. I totally expected something to come up. Nothing did. I, I, I waited for a little while. No, I ain't lying about maybe about a minute or two. But I was so scared, though. Hmm. And, but when it dove, I didn't see it no more, so I was like, okay. Well, there you go. I just kept looking and looking and listening. I didn't hear anything. So I got too scared to stay there any longer, and I just went back because I was looking all around behind me, up, down, everywhere. I was just, but when it dove, I, I was waiting for it to come up. It didn't come up, and so anyways, I went back down to that fire and I told him what we, what I saw. And my one of my cousins is really a, like a Christian, you know. She don't want to hear things like that. So I, I just said, all right. She said maybe it was just a reflection from a car that passed on this other side over here from that window. All right, maybe. <laughs> but I doubt it. <laughs> so I sat there determined, and I waited until the, until the sun started coming and we could see. Okay, so as we're all sitting there like that, and I told him what happened, not much longer after I got back to that fire, I'm talking like 10 minutes after that, one of those lights I was talking about come above that house. It just turned on pink. But this one was about, oh, the size of a beach ball maybe, you know. Just right above that big house. Not the old scary house where I jumped out of and 
Seals Owl snuck out on the new house that they had there. The light was above that. And it was just there, and we all seen it, and I pointed up there, and I said, see, I told you I seen something. What is that? We're all looking at it. I just said that, see? Anyways, as we all watched it, what it did was it swirled. Like, it turned into a swirl. That's all I can say. Wow. It turned into a swirl and went down to the point of nothingness and blew off. Did it have any color? Yeah, it was light, like white. Mm-hmm. But it didn't cast any shadow. Mm-hmm. Again, one of those kind of ghost light, you know? It yeah. doesn't cast shadow. Yeah. It makes its own that you can see, but you can't get light from it. You couldn't right. use it like a torch. Right, know? right. No, no, I've... I mean, I don't know if I've seen the same thing, but I've seen something similar at that Site 7 place. They don't illuminate the leaves around them or anything. They're just their own light. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. Yeah. What is it? Strange. <laughs> yeah. Is there any uh, lure about the lights in your culture? Yeah. Well, there are. Like, like I was saying, like the star life, that one's a little different. That comes from that mountain. That's like one of those... Really, you know, when we talk about, like, saying angel, we're, we just say good spirit. Mm-hmm. Well, when we say that one's a really good spirit and it's powerful. Well, we're talking about, geez, I don't know how you'd make the comparison. Somebody like one of the, like Michael, isn't that an angel? Yeah. Something yeah, like, like that, you Archangel. know what I mean? Like, really powerful like, spirit. Mm-hmm. And so those are the, there's one of those up at this mountain that all of these people seek, you know, seek out and. It, it's kind of odd because you go up there sinking spirit, like, I don't know how to say it. You go up there humble from your heart to do good, and they'll come. Not all the time, but that's how they'll come. And that's one of them that would come, is that one up there. But that one's super powerful. I don't know anything more about it other than it's like, you know, it's like that, like Michael or whatever. Mm-hmm. It helps a lot of people. But as far as, like, other lights go, I'm, I'm not too sure like you know, I know there's spirits like when you see those little orbs those are those spirits that are uh, you know, just like a firefly and you're like oh it's one <laughs> you know yeah that's what they are but like then you get these other lights that people talk about with that emoyitapi uh, and you, those lights they talk about with him I don't know about those lights with that guy that that uh, yeah, this is called um, Sasquatch yeah those lights around him I don't know what those are mm. they're all spirits spiritual in some way i just don't know exactly what those lights are around him all the time i think it's those spirits so yeah because i think that's the same thing about that guy or those people if you know they're out in nature and they're the same way so they you know i wouldn't it's just me talking right you know, i don't know anything i'll be the first to say i don't know anything but i would think because they're in touch with nature the way the old ones used to be that you say, no, when you're coming before, you know when you're coming most times. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you move and stage and get ready, you know, whatever. They might know you're there before you even because of how untouched they are with nature. And this goes even a little further. It might be a little weird for people to hear it, but they might even be able to talk to those animals, like those birds, or communicate in some way. Even if it's literally talking, they might be able to. And so I think that thing is a little different than... Everything else too, that that Bigfoot, Sasquatch, whatever you want to call him, you know, he's a little different because there's a lot of words for him. Like you know, some of those words translate to the nowhere people, or we don't know where they come from. Mm-hmm. You know, that's those are, they predate us. You know, but they've always been around. They're the ones that are 
when people would be up there fasting, you know, you'd go up with basically helpless the weapons and the and there's enemies everywhere. And they say those white ones are the ones that would protect people up to fasting on that mountain I'm talking about. You know, that's how to say it's Chief Mountain. <laughs> there's white Bigfoot up there and there's spirit. Some of those are spirits and some of them ain't, you know. Mm-hmm. So that goes back to the other thing. I think when people talk about that, that guy, I think they're all right. <laughs> I do. I think they're all right. Somebody will say, oh, it's flesh and blood. Well, you're probably right. Oh, I think it's a spirit. You're probably right, too. Mm. Because guess what? There are flesh and blood human beings, and there are spirit human beings. That makes them different. He's part of this world, part of what we are. The duality, he's part of that, too. There's a physical and there's a spiritual. That's just me and what I think about him. And I also think when people say, well, how does his eyes glow? You know, a lot of those gifts that are given to him, we don't know. It's between them and the creator or whoever the you know, good spirit to get the gift from. If it's any of that bad stuff, I, I can't even talk about it because I don't know anything about it. I just know it's bad and I, I don't know anything about it. I just know anything, you know, those good ones. So, and even with that, with humans, if you look at it, this Sasquatch thing, in my point of view, uh, opinion, it's kind of a reflection of man. You know, the further we get away from the creator, the, the more angry or aggressive this thing seems to become. He doesn't like how we live. Who knows? Mm-hmm. He's mad at us all the time for this and that. But not all of them. Not, not all of them like that. You know, The ones that my cousins talk about, they're just curious. You know? They'll make noises like that out cow call. They'll make that same sound back. And they'll see him peek around. You know, look at them. They're out there. But they're just curious. They don't want to interaction. They're just looking at them. That was our experience with them in our tribe in our area. I don't know why they're different in, say, Alaska. Why are they so aggressive up there? Like, you know, is it because there's less of us that they are used to? Or they just match? I don't know. I think, though, in, in general, if they're a spiritual thing, they're kind of like a, almost a reflection of us. Mm-hmm. You know? But anything, if we went to be in respectful of nature again, those things would be more respectful too. Yeah, that's just a hunch of mine. I don't know that. If right. My only encounter with them, and I can't even say it was, was the branches that were broken when I was out hunting one time. Basically led me into what I thought was an ambush area. I scared the heck out of me because of my military experience, but I, I got out of it. I knew there was something odd in my backyard, so I had to keep searching and figure out what it was. It ended up leading into this weird trail. Like it, it was like a round trail. It made like this weird round trail where you couldn't see it only from one side. And it was through this impossible side to get to that I went through because I didn't like what I saw in my backyard. And, and the brush way out there and on, on the river, you know. I didn't like that. It was odd. i never seen anything. So I went out of that little ambush thing, whatever. I'm sleeping and pooping around there, but I won't follow that trail further because it leads into this place and it just... No, I can't use my rifle in there for one. And I don't know, man, I'm just the whole time something feels like it's watching me. I'm not fooling with that. I'd seen what I could see. There's, if it was a person, I would have probably at least seen him. But I don't know what that was. Hmm. But the trees that were built from like 12 feet up, and they were big off of these bigger trees, the branches that were built. There was no rope marks or snow. 
wind, nothing like And they were both in a straight line that they were placed down to this little area. <laughs> and that's the only time I got scared was when I was in that little area once I realized what was happening. Well, not only that, the animals, all the four-legged, the winged ones, even the bugs, everything is just quiet. Mm, yeah. And I have seen that before in my whole life. You know, like people say, I grew up in these woods. Well, same thing, you know. You know everything about it. It don't happen like that. And so that's still the reason I say it might have been one of those is because my dad seen one down about two and a half miles down to the bridge. It was a big black one, and we stood still against that cliff wall because they went down the slope different. We all showed up and said, no, we're going to go fishing. I went right over and started casting. My dad walked right down to soak his feet to his girlfriend. They were sitting on a log that was kind of wedged in the shallow part of the river. Well, once he got his feet off, or the boots off and the socks, and he put his feet down, he happened to look up, and there it was. Like, caught, you know? <laughs> but it wouldn't move. It would just stay there still. But caught, man. Like, dead right, right there. And my dad said, uh, he said, yeah, that's what I see. And I said, well, well, what did you do? He said, I just got up and started getting out there. And I said, well, what did it do? He said, nothing. It just kept staring at me. Hmm. I said, well, did it move? He says, no, just its eyes. I said, well, how do you know? Is he looking around? He said, uh-uh, because he kept them on me the whole time. <laughs> I was moving out of there, you know. <laughs> but I tried to ask his girlfriend about it, and she just, well, she, she just had this funny, you know, in the military, you kind of see somebody when they see something that they don't like and how they look after that. That's kind of how she was looking. Like just kind of, I don't know, that far off look. Yeah, yeah. And that's how she was looking, and, uh, and then she just, my dad would try to talk to her, and she just deny, deny it even happened. Oh, she didn't yeah. want nothing to do with it. Yeah. yeah, I've run into that with witnesses. Like you know, two people were there, and one person just refuses. Like they don't even want to talk about it. The other person will bring it up. Hey, remember? You know, remember this happened? They'll just nope. No, I don't want to talk about it. They just kind of shut down. It's too scary. It must be. You know, it just. And even because when you when you tell it again, you have to live it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, it'd be kind of scary. Did your dad describe it? Yeah, he just said it was big, just tall and black. That's it. But he didn't describe anything else. I didn't ask him anything else, and he didn't say anything else. And so after that, whatever was going on down in there with my little thing with those branches and mm-hmm. all that odd thing was, I was I had this dream. I got up. Oh, and in that house, they're staying at my grandpa's house. Uh, there was a bundle in there. It was an otter bundle, a woman's bundle. But nobody was there to take care of it anymore. Like, everybody that was passing away finally gave it to my grandpa. And then my grandpa passed away, and he just sat in that closet. And those are really holy. There's like a lot of spirits around those associated with those. You know, this one in particular was an otter bundle. Anyways, as I woke up that morning, I woke up and... I went into that kitchen to get a drink of water. And so, and I never slept in my grandpa's room. I just left it exactly how he had it. I didn't bother nothing in there, even that bundle, none of his clothes, and it's got nothing. Just the same way. I just stayed in that spare room for my girlfriend. But um, I got up and I went around, had a drink. As I was going in, I, I'm in the corner of my eye, I could see those horses. And it was all standing out there. Uh, you know, must have been eating around by the house. Just hooked it up. Mess with that fence, you know, rub against it and knock it over. He had a fence around his old satellite dish, a <laughs> little fence around it so they wouldn't do that no more. <laughs> well, well, I was thinking that, just, you know, nostalgia, I think my grandpa could knock that over. Well, 
got my drink and I'm going back out and I decide to look to see if I knew any of these horses by name, you know, like, oh, if I recognize any of these horses. So I looked and Jesus Christ, it was a big foot. Yeah, great big guy, man. He like had to bend down to look in that window at me, right? And then this other one to the right of it just took off before I could look at it. I only seen its elbow as it left the window pane thing. I couldn't see. And then I wake up, I just shoot out of my bed. I didn't even know I was dreaming. Oh, I wow. that was real. I, yeah. I was so scared. I get up and I do the same thing. And man, I'm looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the only time I ever had a dream about those, those hairy men. Another guy talks about one when he's out hunting on the foothills of Heartbeat Mountain. His tree line, and he's scoping around for anything out there to get. And he sees he's got his eyes on his deer. It's way far away, though. He's like, man, I have to get close to that. And he says, just add the tree line. He sees one, just comes out, man, just like nothing. Grabbed it, and he said it put one hand underneath its neck, like under its jaw. And then the other hand down by its flank and just like bent its back in half and just mm. killed it instantly. Wow. And then threw it over its shoulder and he said it walked back into the woods. But he doesn't like telling that story. Like, it's really hard to get it, get it out of him, but he'll tell it if you ask him. Because there's more stuff he's seen. You know, he's always out there. Yeah, there's more to that thing and he knows it. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I got some other friends too. Same thing hunting up north uh, this time instead of south. So that one happened out there up north. But it's other place called Buck Lake. They were driving out there. And there's this little creek. You have to come down this, this little tiny uh, hill and you come back up the other side. It's like a little dip, but there's a little creek down there. So they were coming out there and they were driving up that side. And uh, my friends said, yeah, there was this big, giant snowball just exploded off of our front hood and hit the windshield just boom he said and we didn't know what that was or what happened he said but whatever it was he said came from that tree line he's like man he said that tree line was about 50 yards away he says but this this thing that hit us he said you know beach ball size roughly a big big snowball wow he said we didn't really know what to make of it we just thought because it was quiet we heard nothing so we knocked off that snow and we jumped back in. And man, he said, we didn't even get another five feet. And another one hit. He said, this time when it, and we watched it come out of that tree line. And he said, it was about five yards into that tree line, too. He said, but it come flying out again. And it, we just watched it perfect. He said, whatever that was, man, it was like, you know, it could shoot perfect. And then it hit that again and that right on the hood and exploded up that windshield he said this time we didn't get out we just stuck our heads out i watched one side he watched the other and i just told him gun it just gun it and we got out there as quick as you could because we didn't know it was throwing us yeah he said if if you don't believe me go ask my brother (laughs) sure enough hey what happened up there with those snowballs oh man and he proceeds to tell me the exact same story (laughs) wow yeah yeah what can launch a snowball that big you know, 50 and plus yards far. and with yeah. perfect accuracy. That's uh, amazing. Whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever yeah. it was. So in, in the sweat lodge, right? This is the other one. Like before I ever even heard about Bigfoot or was it anything like that? I heard this story one time, right? Like, so you hear of stories of those, that's just another spirit to us. <laughs> that's how it is growing up. Mm-hmm. Oh, that spirit. Yeah. But, I heard this one where they're all in the sweat, and uh, they said, oh, they said, 
And one of those hairy men come into that sweat. And I said, what? And yeah, one of my cousins telling me, he's like, that one was that. Just last one right here. He's just, you know, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. So we're sitting there like that. And he says, all you hear is, is you can feel it. And then you hear it. It's like, dig, dig, dig. It's walking in there. So it walked around inside there for a little bit. Like it went around, like how we walk around at once. Mm-hmm. Walk around a full circle clockwise. He said, that's what it did. But it coming from this other, like, coming from a weird way, like the west side went around, but it went back to that west side somewhere and sat on the north side somewhere. But it doesn't need walls, so it just, like, walks where it wants because it's spirit, Mm -hmm. right? So anyways, that's one of the spirit Bigfoot stories I have was when it went into that sweat lodge, it didn't sweat. Uh, Did they talk to it? I have no idea. One whatsoever, but I wouldn't put it past them that the kids and those old guys were really, really powerful like that. They're really in tune with all that. Yeah, but for any anything like that to even get into those sweat lodges, just so everybody knows, so they don't creep out and think it's demonic. Nothing bad can get in those. It's impossible for it to. Again, we go back to quantum physics. I don't know, but somehow they're going to be able to explain that to everybody one day. <laughs> If that, I don't know how they clean them out, like how that works, but it's so holy they can't get in there. So anything that gets in there is holy. So all these guys that have these really crazy, awful Bigfoot stories, there are good ones too. Mm-hmm. There's a flip side to those too. So you know, I'm not saying trauma isn't real. I know it is, man. I know it's tough for them to get over it, but on some level it might give them comfort to know that there are some good ones, I think. It would make sense, yeah. like people, right? Good, bad, and everything in between. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, you, you hear so many about so many different people like talking about them. So it just it. <laughs> I didn't see one, like I'm saying, but I know people that he's my dad. They, they don't lie. That guy, he's an old cowboy, right? You know, how honest those guys. Are. They don't. They're simple people. They don't care about lies, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's how he was. On my. Uh, my wife's side, their grandpa's got this, his, their grandpa's grandpa, that way. So the story I've heard, it goes like this. A guy come from Canada and he was shot in a gut. He was gut shot and he showed up. And that old guy, the old, old man told their grandpa, the young guy, to get everything together and start, you know, get his rope, get this. And his dad was helping too. And his dad was telling the young guy, so going to see some things. Don't be scared. Just do what we tell you when we tell you. Okay, all right. And so the old man's getting all his stuff together, too, and he's getting ready to pray and, and whatever he needs, his pipe or whatever he needs. I don't know what he used, but he had that guy lay down like that. And uh, I had the boy, the young boy, cover him up when they told him at him later like that. He sang his song, come cover him up, singing that song like that. And, did what he needed to do with his medicine that he was given. And when I told him, I said, now take that robe and pull it off. And his dad just told him, don't be scared now. And so he pulled it off. And when he pulled it off, there was just a skeleton in there. That old man reached down and grabbed that bullet. He took it out of that skeleton. He told him, now cover him up again. He covered him up and he sang his song again and did his medicine again. He said, all right, now pull it off. Pull it off of him. That man was sitting there, and he wasn't. He was still had blood on him and everything, but there's no wound, and nothing there. And when that bullet was out, he lived. Hmm. And those gifts, 
those are shot by solitary means. It's you sitting on that mountain, you know, for what reason to help people? What other reason that it doesn't come, you know? And they're the ones that make contact with you. It's not the other way around. You don't just get there. Unless you're out ghost hunting, you might run into those ones that haven't passed yet and they're still stuck. Mm-hmm. They might be asking for help. I always thought that was kind of sad. You know, they don't know. Just, I don't know. I just think that's kind of sad how those spirits are. And we don't, a lot of people don't really think like that. But they're just like, let's go see. Let's get them on tape and let's see how they, it's like, dude, they're suffering. I pray for them. I don't you? You know, like, I don't know if that's the case with all of them, but on some level, I feel bad. Sure. And yeah. Geez, geez, I wish they had a way to get over it. If that's what's going on. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of times, the good ones, when you seek those out, you do it a different way. It all comes from the heart, and it's all humble. It's all, like, usually solitary. It's one of those things, right, where you're not, it's like, you know, what you're thinking and what you're going to ask before you ask. So it's like one of those, right? It's just really solitary and it's really personal. That was one of the stories on some of the medicine. Now, this one happened to me. This one's one of the stories that I watched. I mean, take place that I'm about to tell. I watched this. So I'm in Alaska. My first marriage, I married a clinket girl up there. And it didn't work. I know different people. Anyways, um, I seen her crying on the phone. I was going out fishing with her brother, uh, my ex-mother-in-law's brother. I was going out fishing with him and he showed me all. He showed me how to live off the land up there in that village. Well, as I was leaving, I seen her crying sitting in that kitchen. She had the phone clutched in her chest and it's wrong. You know, what happened? I thought something was wrong, wrong, you know. And so I just got off the phone at the doctor's. And I looked, she said, they're going to cut my toes off. And I looked down at them, and oh, perhaps they were black. Those two ones on the end were black. And uh, she said, yeah, they're going to cut them off. And I, yeah, I was so bad. I don't know why it's so bad. But I called that medicine man back home. And he um, this is my grandpa's brother. And as I called him, and I told him what was going on and what happened. And this is good. Uh, she says, uh, give the phone to her. Let me talk to her. And so I did. And I just went in the other room. I didn't mess in there nothing. And when it got quiet, I went in there and I asked her, is it okay? And she said, yeah. Because it's not their way. They don't understand their way either. She said, he said he was going to go into his room and smoke his pipe. I said, oh, really? Good, good. That's a good thing. But she said it the way she didn't understand it. Like, she said it funny. Like, she didn't understand. I don't know how to say it, but it sounded funny when she said it. And I remember that, but I said, oh, that, that's good, though. And I waited for a while, and I called back. And his wife answers, and she says, oh, no, he's still in that room because I wanted to know what I had to do for her when, when it was done, mm-hmm. what, he, what he was doing for her. And, and uh, she says, oh, no, he's still in there, but he's just lightning striking all around our house. <laughs> she says, with that guy, there's always something like that. Well, anyway, the lightning strike all around and doing his medicine. But then I finally get a hold of him. I called back again. I waited up another 30 minutes. And, and he said, uh, Ron, he said, tell her it went good. Tell her she's going to keep her toes. Uh, and don't worry about it. And those are his exact words. He said, okay. And I told her the exact same thing. And I said, well, well what do we got to do? He said, just put out some offerings, some gifts, goods, you know, whatever you 
need the sprout offerings to give thanks and have her do it. And so I told her what she needed to do. If she ever did it, I don't know. I told her what to do to give thanks. And she kept those toasts. So the day she died, she, she, she passed away from diabetes, I want to say, but yeah, she kept those toes in her life. And so that was that with the doctor. Like, they're saying, like, see, so there's three, three kinds of medicine. You got the spiritual, like he did. That stuff don't need to be in the same room. He's on the other side of the world for that to work. Then you got the physical, so that's like roots. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things that we can all pick and do, you know, make teas out of and stuff. Then you got the combination of the two where you'll have, say, like, root medicine, but there'll be a spirit attached to it that helps, too. So together, they can heal something in you that's made specifically for you. Nobody else, just you. Same with that spirit, just for you. Then you can get over it. There's those three ways of doing it. But yeah, that medicine is the powerful kind, or what everybody else calls miracles. You see, that's what we are. We're just like, you see things like that, it's nothing like, what, you had a baby born from a virgin? So what? What else you got? We got miracles. You know, that's probably how it would have been to those old ones. Like, hey, big deal. <laughs> we see stuff all the time. <laughs> like, you know, you fed people with, you know, one fish. Well, we fed whole people out of one ear of corn, you know, and the bounty come out. That was one of the miracles I've heard from those Indians back east. But, you know, things like that. Right, yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying, man, it's, it's all out there, that holy stuff, those gifts, they are there, and, they are real. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
people are wondering too, like, is the spirit world real? I'm so afraid of death. It's just, yes, it's all real. I mean, the thing is, is I'll explain the afterlife, like how we believe it. It's when you pass, well, you got to make that journey. You got to. Okay, I mean, it's, it's kind of a big thing to talk about. Okay, so there's a number of things that can happen to you. What if you die drunk? What if you die blacked out? What if you die sudden? What if you're murdered? What if you're killing yourself? What if you're regardless of what happens and how your spirit leaves your body, there's going to be a journey you have to make to get to that other side. Now, depending on how you died, it's going to depend on how your journey is. Because you might be confused. You might be stuck. You might be trapped. You might not realize what's happened to you. Your consciousness might still be trying to hang on to your spirit. you got to shed that, too. You know, something's binding you here. You're not thinking with that spiritual mind, so to speak. You're still bound with this mind down here. So you might not get to a cross. So depending on how that goes, we always have a sweat. And then we pray and we call our helpers. And all good spirits out there to help them over. But each one of us, even though, has got a guardian, I guess you would say, with us. The spirit that's always there with us. Each one of us have them. People call them guardian angels. Mm-hmm. Anyways, sure. that, that spirit's there. That spirit shows up from the past way. It'll help you too. But there's others that help. Like your family, you know, they're over there waiting. And they'll show up too. If they, you know, need. Well, what if you died in a way where, geez, you don't even, feels like you're alone over there. You're like blind, right? Those are the times when you're stuck. And it must be a horrible existence like that when your spirit doesn't make over just yet. But. So anyways, as long as you're like, you know, always acknowledging your creator, I guess, or that higher power or, or praying or just, you know, as long as you're like that and you have some sort of relationship, they always say that the journey over is going to be a little easier for some reason. I don't know why, but. They say, but eventually you get there. In our way, we don't believe in hell. There's no hell like that. It's just here and then over to the well. The old way they say the sand hills. You know, you could call it what you want, mm-hmm. heaven, whatever. In our way, the old way they say when you're going to the sand hills, and we talk about it like that because there's different versions of it depending on who you're talking to. So if we say we're going into the sand hills, that means you're going on a wolf trail and you're making that journey over. And when you get there, there's a big lodge right there. And next to that big lodge is a man. He's going to try to scare you. You know, four times he's going to try to scare you, and he's going to show you wicked things. But he can't hurt you. You got to keep walking past him. And once you finally get past him, he'll stop and say, well, "What's your name?" And I'm so and so. And he'll say, "Okay, your family is camped right here." And he'll point to that big giant camp in the spot where you need to go to find your family. That's what they say in our way when you make that journey over to get over there. Mm-hmm. Is that man tries to scare you like that? It's kind of odd. And those Tibets, the Book of the Dead, how right? They, yeah, I was thinking how, about how that. They, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Is there's you know it's, there's this guy that's going to try and do something. You got to kind of pass him. Well, that's the journey you're going to take to get. And then when you get there, you got this choice depending on how you are, like who you, how you're raised, the path you walked, whatever you you want basically like as you think about it so i could live in the sand hills just as easily as i can go right to heaven to what everybody else calls heaven and go visit somebody over there then i can leave that and go to nirvana and go visit somebody in nirvana what i'm saying is it doesn't matter it's all one place over there 
It doesn't matter how it looks. It doesn't None of that matters. It's one place that they're all describing. And that's what I'm saying, is it may be different. Like in our version, we might live in this big encampment, but that's not to say that all those old Vikings that are living in Valhalla, that's where they're at. Jesus, you know what? One day I'm going to walk into Valhalla and just see. <laughs> Man, how much can you guys drink, really? I to <laughs> see this. Have you guys got, like, big kegs you can slam around the elf? <laughs> you know? So anyways, that's how they kind of say it is. It's like, it's all one place, but we kind of make it our own. But it's not like we get chopped out of any other one. Right. That's kind of how we how we look at it. It's like that. So, And even the people that have passed and have come back to dreams or whatever, one of them gave a message on time, and she was Catholic and Native. And her message to her brother was, stick to your way, because it's different with this one. Hmm. <laughs> we don't know what that meant. That's just what he called his family. Oh, that's interesting, though. It is. That side, and they, they talk about a big mountain over there, too. Like people like to climb that big mountain. It's, it's really enjoyable because like, you don't get tired. Everyone's about 25 years old. Nobody's like needs food mm-hmm. or water. You know, you could get them like, like when people offer them to you. You know, you can get one because we'll do offerings like 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 a spirit plate, right? Like you know, we're having Thanksgiving and we'll offer to all the people that have passed. You know, it's for all the spirits in our family that can't be there. You know, they they can get that food in the spiritual sense, but they they don't need it. It's just more like, say, coffee. <laughs> Drink it just because it's there. Kind of thing. It's kind of cool and all. You know, but we don't really need it. You know, kind of like how it is. Mm-hmm. That's how we, we believe. But anyway, so on this big mountain, they like to climb that thing. I don't know. That's what they talk about. And you can shoot a deer on one side and bring it down, dress it out. But, you know, process it the way you're going to. And it'll just come alive on another part of the mountain next day. Hmm. It, it, it's just they don't need to do that, but when they say anytime you just even think of them, anyone over there that's passed, they can hear you. It's right there, instant. It doesn't matter. So that's like when people. That's what kind of concerns me. Like I hear stories, and there's some bad an entity, really bad, and it's bothering somebody, and they're praying to God, and all these things, and nothing's happening, and it's not going away. Those perplex me because nothing is more powerful than the Creator or God. Mm-hmm. Nothing is. So when things like that happen, it makes me wonder how, like, right. why? Yeah. yeah. You know, because it's not common, you know, with the amount of people we have. It's not very common, but it does happen. So it does make me wonder what what is that? Because one of my cousins was possessed when he was small, out in the woods. You know, like they had this big encampment, but. They brought him to that encampment that was going on, and those old men, I'm talking the powerful ones, people who know those names, I don't want to say them, but they'll know those names, these old men are really, really powerful, and they pulled that thing out of him, whatever it was. That perplexes me. Like, is it that, do you have doubt somewhere in your body, that you really don't believe that he's the most powerful thing in the world that allows those things to bother you? Yeah. What is it? Yeah, because, I mean, a, a number of people have written to me, well, with both sides, have said that, that, you know, they've invoked the creator, God, whatever, whatever their belief is. And it seems to be like, you know, Jewish people have as much luck invoking their creator as Christian people, as Muslim people, as uh, pagans, as, you know what I mean? So it doesn't seem to matter. But, you know, very often it works. Whatever it is stops bothering people. But sometimes it doesn't. And yeah. yeah, and those are the ones that yeah, I've had the exact same thoughts you're talking about. Like, what? I wonder why. 
Like, what is going on there? Yeah, like, what? This, uh, I don't know. Because I'm not saying I'm, a, I'm afraid of something like that. I mean, obviously, if you're in that position, you'd probably be afraid. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, I know nothing's more powerful than so how is that? The elders told us, never doubt. When these things happen, never doubt. They said, because doubt can make it go away. Mm. They said, again, that goes back to the quantum mechanics thing. Uh, consciousness makes things happen on the energy level that small. I don't know. I don't know. The great mystery, right? Right, yeah. I think it <laughs> might be above our pay grade. <laughs> can I ask you about spirit plates? Yeah. So are those put outside? Yeah, typically where we put them is just simply on the back porch. Okay. And then, because you offer that food to, well, it's been described in a couple of different ways. Like, so really what we're giving that food to first and foremost is the creator. Mm-hmm. But after that to the earth and after that to, you know, everybody that's helped us or whatever we're thankful for. Because it's all the spirits that help us is how we believe, and that's our things we give back. Even for the food and even for the our brothers and sisters that sacrificed themselves so that we could sustain our bodies and feed us for that meal. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that. That all goes into that. In the old days, everybody offered every time they ate, not just whenever, right. every time. Yeah. It's just a little bit. You don't have to give a lot. Right, right, right. It's, yeah, because they say a little bit, you take a little pinch here. On that side, just a big old bounty. Boom. <laughs> the spirit will they can feast if they want. So I'm just going on like the folklore I know from other cultures, and I was just wondering if it's the same. That food is never then, like if animals get it, fine, it's no big deal, but humans do not consume that food ever. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. Never. And you might find that there, there might be some of that in those uh Prey ties too that you see on trees. I don't know if you've ever seen those, but they're just prayers put up on trees as the offering. Mm-hmm. You might see food, or well, you don't open them, of course, because it's disrespectful. It's big enough. But if you were to make one and you were to put them out, you know, you might just because they're like they're like people. The spirits are like people. That's what nobody understands. They're, they're just like people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, wh- what do you like? Put that in there, right? You know? What would I want? Personally, I would want pemmican, and I'm specific with back fat, peppermint, back fat, and pemmican. Give me some of that. That's <laughs> and that's not old food. It's really good. So, I mean, I'd put that in there if I had it for them. Yeah. How long do you, do you leave it then? Just until that day. Mm-hmm. Like, say we put it out in the morning or whatever, or even if it's like the afternoon. Just until that night, and then... You, you could just dump it, do whatever you want, bury it, whatever mm-hmm. you want. Mm-hmm. I, I would bring it up on that hill because I knew those magpies would like it. I'd just put it right there and come back mm-hmm. down because they won't come close to the house and everybody's there. Mm-hmm. It's and just I, interesting because this is like fairly consistent across cultures. You make the offerings to these spirits and then they're not for people. Like I said, it's okay if animals eat it. That's not a, you know, it's never an issue, but it's just not for people anymore. You don't take it back. No, you give it to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they take it. And that's just a way of giving thanks. It's not a way of saying, I'm beneath you, or right. you own me, right, or right. you owe me, or, or whatever. It's just a way of saying thank you mm-hmm. to the spirits. Not to the physical thing, but to the spirits. Right. Yeah. That's all that is. It's just a, a sign of respect and thanks. 
I wonder how far back that goes because, like I said, it's in so many cultures. Like you find it, you know, in Irish culture, you find it in German culture, you find it, you know, native culture here. It's just so interesting that it's so consistent across the board. I think Sydney are all one people at one time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe it goes all the way back. It's a fascinating tradition, though. You know, we, we live in this world that there is spirits here. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact of the matter. And <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's your path to walk if you don't want to see it. It's your path. No one's to tell you to walk this path. No. You know, but if you do see it and you do acknowledge it, there's a lot to be gained from it on a spiritual and personal level as far as enlightening yourself to better things in life, right? Just an understanding of life on a different level that makes you more appreciative for everything. Like, that's why I always, I always sometimes wish as an atheist, geez, those guys think they got one shot at it, that's it, I'm going to be the best person I can be, so I'm living my life to the fullest. And <laughs> guys kind of, I don't know, I like the way they look at things. But at the same time, they're only walking in one world. Right. They, that's what they're choosing, too. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. It's okay for them. That's their journey in this life. You know? Right we on. don't all get to see those spirits. You know, you might be a person in all these holy societies. You might be, in our way, you got three of those holy societies. You might be in every one of them. You might know everything about everything. And still, and lived your whole life not seeing one spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why is that? Then you'll see the drunk on the street over here. You're constantly seeing them. Hell, he's over there drinking with them sometimes. Right. You know, so how does that happen? Well, it's like this, an old guy said this one time. It's that, that guy in that Sundance that's doing all that stuff, and it's part of all these societies, makes all these things happen. No spirits ever talk to him or anything. Nobody's tried to convince him nothing because there's no reason. Look at him. He's in all these societies. He already knows it's real. We don't have to convince him. Well, these other ones over here, sometimes we got to convince them and show them that we are real. Mm. <laughs> so that's kind of like how that works. And it's odd because who am I? I'm, I'm just some random kid born on the res. But I've heard eagles speak in them just like I've heard owls speak in them. Let's get to that story. <laughs> sure, yeah. Okay, the first time it happens, I'm inside the sweat lodge. And... When those things happen, you just get solemn. You get like that same thing where you behave in the ceremonies. That thing happens to you again. You just like get solemn and you just sit there. You want to make no noise or if you're singing, you just try to keep singing. But I just sit there and start praying when it happens. Well, you'll hear them come in. They'll, they'll, first they'll be around, they'll be flying up around us. And then they'll get above you. And you know when they're blessing you because they're really fanning you with both wings. Ooh, it gets hot. They fan you like that, and I sweat when they're fanning you. It gets warm. It's a blessing. They're blessing you. And anyways, it was like that. They have been blessing you like that, and then it, I could hear it sit down. I don't know how else to say it, but it talked. It started talking, but how it talked was, imagine a parrot, that type of voice, that pitch, that, you know how they talk? Mm-hmm. It's like that, but my voice has weight. You could tell I'm probably around, uh, you know, heavier than... 100 pounds at least and that's how this sounded it sounded heavy like a man like a full-grown man but it had the voice of a parrot and it spoke in Indian but really fast and when it would talk I would hear the other man he was talking to I don't want to say his name but it was those were his helpers and it would show up and talk to him and it would he'd, like a lot of times you just hear one side of the conversation a lot of times that's all you'd hear it's him just you know ah ah 
oh, that means yes in our language, and that's what he's, you know, hearing talk like that. And well, sometimes they let you hear them. I don't know why they let you hear them because usually only he knows those secrets of the universe, if you will, mm-hmm. because they give him those gifts, and those are things you don't tell everybody because it's like you can't skip to the end of the movie. It's not in your life. Your life saves the movie. You can't skip to the end. You don't get the cheat. You don't get the peak. Or you don't get the message. You don't get the idea. You don't get the lesson in your life. Right. So a lot of the times, the old guys won't tell you anything. You know, but I heard them. <laughs> you don't have to sit there and say, yep, they talk to me. Well, I heard them talk to me. Wow. But, you know, he won't tell you that, though. Yeah, they talk to me. Mm-hmm. He'll just tell you what they said or what the messages are, but he won't describe what I just described to you. you know, it's not for you. <laughs> you know, so that's kind of how it is for them. That's their, their gifts. So right. I don't know how that works. Because they say the more you talk about something, like if you have a gift, like a medicine, they say it could go away. Mm. If you keep talking about it, don't take it away. Yeah. yeah. It's really a humble thing. That's what I'm saying. Like it, It's so humble and it's so strict. You can't do certain things, you know, it's so regimented. Once you have those responsibilities, you know, you got to be really careful and really straight and really honest. The local healing tradition here, which they call powwow, but it's it's Germanic, it comes from Germany. They just, I guess, borrowed that name. It's similar in that there's a very famous guy back in the 1700s, very famous healer, who wrote a book kind of documenting, and he said after he wrote the book, he couldn't do it anymore. It's, wow. al- it's almost like he broke the rules. And there's other people that said, you can't really talk about it too much. You, you can teach someone how to do it. And in that, you can talk about it, but you can't just tell everybody or it'll go away. And you can't take money for it. Uh, uh, some, some people do. And, and I have questioned whether they're really doing it or not, because the tradition always said you cannot take money for this or it's just not going to work. And that's how it is, too. I mean, you give thanks in ways. Mm-hmm. Like, you might pay with, like, food. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. They would, like, buy the guy dinner or something. Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's not like money, so to speak. There's only one time I know of where you give someone money, and it's, <laughs> I don't know why they do it. It's just basically a tradition, a modern tradition. But when you get your face painted by somebody, you usually give them like a dollar or two. Hmm. I don't know why. My grandpa used to always send me to, you know, when we were talking about these two people in you know, that star life, mm-hmm. I'd go to their ceremonies and they would paint my face and my grandpa would always send me up there with a dollar. I'd have to go up there with that dollar and it's, I never knew what it was for. I just know they'd paint me and I'd had head out and, and I never knew what the paint was for until I was older. You know, it was a blessing. He has the right to paint your face in a certain way and that's his blessing on you. And then it's just a tradition. It's a modern tradition, like I said, because obviously there was no money back then. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a simple dollar or something. And all I've ever seen them do with that money is hand it out to everybody that cooked. Uh, keep it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that might be part of the equation, you know, like it's passing through. That's the only time I've ever seen it in our way. It was like that. But I don't mm-hmm. ever see them keep that. Just mm-hmm. to whoever helped. <laughs> so let me tell another about my uncle Marvin's grandpa. So my uncle Marvin's grandpa. So Marvin would tell me all these things about the creek, up and down it. And so he said we all come from medicine people. All along this, everybody here had medicine. Everybody, everybody, everybody. Later on, I learned 
the guy that did that, his name was Chief Crow. He gave everybody, all his son-in-laws, a pipe, a bundle, something like that. That band where I come from, that land right there, is called the All Sacred People or the All Holy People. That was our band out there. And they all had these gifts. Well, anyways, down the road, uh, he would talk about this. Marvin would tell me, you know, when I was young, I'd see every house had something down here. This is slowly and slowly it's going away. But I'll tell you a story. When I was small about this, he said, my dad and I were down chopping wood. But, uh, and uh, my dad had his hatchet. And just then a rider came by. He said, and I pointed, I said, oh, look, Dad, there goes a rider. He said, he looked up just and he was still chopping and cripes he chopped the tip of his thumb. Oh, it was bad, you know, it was bad. He blew his fingernail there and it was hanging by just a piece of skin. So he's pinching it while it was bleeding. He says, run up there and go get your grandpa. And so he ran up there and let that old guy, that old guy come down there. Looked at it and he said, now run into my room and get me my uh, eagle bone whistle. He says, in my pouch. He says, in a... Uh, and come back down with that. And so that's what he did. He went up and got his stuff that he needed for doctor. And I think he got him a drum, too, and his stick. And so he come back down. And anyways, Byron's dad was holding his finger so it wasn't bleeding. And he would have stumped of it like that. And the grandpa told the young guy, now go ahead and put that pouch, undo it, and put that pouch over that thumb. And so he did, and he put that pouch over it, and he kind of tightened it back on that side, like he said. So I... And they just held it like that. He sang his song. When he got done with that song, he blew that eagle bone whistle on that pouch. I don't know how many times or how he did it, but he blew. They said, he said he blew that whistle on that pouch. And he said, now, nah. told Marvin's dad, now take it off. And I told his son, now take it off. And his son was scared. Uh-uh. No, I don't want it. And so Marvin's grandpa said, he looked at me and he told me, all right, we'll take it off. And he said, so I pulled it off. He said, when I pulled it off, he says, oh, it was just a healed stump. (laughs) And and I said, well, well, what happened to that pouch? I said, what was in it? And he said, oh, I don't know. To me, it just looked like sawdust. (laughs) But was that finger in there? And he said, no. So anyway, see, that's a mystery that's not for us. We don't get to know that. We'll have to go through this life and not know that. That's not If it's meant for you, you'll learn that. Right. They'll let you do it for helping people. Or whatever, you know. Sometimes, not a lot, they'll just come to you and you'll have to do something for them. Like, So I can't remember his name, but he died in the 80s. And he was a kid. He was sleeping. All the men went to get rid, but he was just a little guy and he was kind of puckered out and he was sleeping on that wagon wheel. He was back up to it. And all those men went out to get rid. But this was during the day, which I was talking about those daydreams. This is odd, but anyways... So this is an exception to that rule, I guess. But So the boy's sleeping with his back up against the wheel. He said everybody went out to go get wood, and he was there by himself. He said he opened his eyes, and he could see an Indian coming toward him. He said, all dressed in white buckskin. He had a headdress, and he walked right up to that boy. And he said, uh, he said come with me, I'm going to show you something. He got up, and he followed him. And he went out. He was picking all these different roots, herbs, plants, showing him. And he was telling him, he said, there's going to come a time when the sickness is going to come over to people. And I'm going to show you how to cure that sickness of this. And so he showed that boy what to do and how to do it. And just as he was done, showed that boy in his dream, uh, those men came back. 
And I said, that boy woke up. And oh, he was just running around frantic looking for paper and a pen. Finally found it, start writing everything down. That guy cured cancer in our tribe all the way up to the 80s when he died. Oh, oh wow. man. Yeah. And whatever it was is lost. Yeah, they came to him. Mm-hmm. See? And it's like that. And that's how I know like, they, when those ones that come to these other people, if you're close to them, or they're in your family or something, of course it's easier for them to open up with you. I have some of these in my family. have had one pass. Got another one now that's new. And so I'm going to tell you this one. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they're at this house, and this house is haunted. And uh, they all called their helpers, and they built a sweat lodge outside of it because they're going to try and get all this bad out of this house. And uh, they called all his helpers there First one that shows up, spirit, was the old man's spirit. He showed up to help. The next one to show up was uh, Umokamita's spirit, a uh, horse spirit. He showed up, and uh, those two were already there. And then the last one to show up was Tita, that eagle. And <laughs> that eagle come in. He come flying in like that, and uh, he landed right on that horse. The spirit now, and we're in a sweat lodge now, remember, so they don't have walls, so they don't have to worry about it. But it landed right on the back of that horse, and when it landed on that horse, that horse went down bucking. That smudge boy, all this, you know, that the, that splashing stick, all that stuff and got spilt, and geez, and anyways, because that horse started bucking, and when it did that, that eagles, because <laughs> those eagles just kind of said, uh, he's just kind of said, yeehaw. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that old mad spirit was mad. It was once for doing that, and he just kind of went saw that old man spirit. You know, that's what he said. Big, and so they get everything picked up, and they're talking how they're gonna go in and take this spirit out of that bad one, that old man, that horse, and that uh, medicine man. They were talking, and yeah, so they have what they're gonna agree to go in there and do. How they're gonna get rid of it. And, and they, they're asking that eagle, so it sound like a good thing, huh? We should do it like that. And that eagle said, what? Wait, you want me to go in there? I ain't going in there. There's a spook in there. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, they're, they're really comical when they actually do come. That's how they are. They're like that. <laughs> and so um, the same one was another sweat, same one, but when he flew in, same thing like that. He's always talking like that. He flew in and he's kind of landed and he's like, uh, he's kind of says, um, uh, you know, when I was flying in here, I passed over this lake. I looked down and I see my reflection. Jeez, I look good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these are great stories. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying that that's, you know, these spirits that are there. So they're really comical. And there's backwards ones. They'll ask you something like, do you want to wrestle? No, no. Jesus, they're flopping your hand. Yeah, there's stories about those backwards ones, too. They're, they're out there, too. If they ask you stuff, then you're supposed to always ask them opposite or answer them opposite. Oh, really? Those are, yeah, because those guys get in there, too. One of my friends growing up, Jesus was flopped around by one in the sweat. And he was, that, that's the first time I heard about it was from him. He said, so whenever you go to this guy's sweats, if this one comes in there and asks you something, you just say opposite everything. He said, geez, I got flopped around there. I said, was he scared? He said, yeah, how did it feel like I get flopped around by a man? 
So you answered the wrong way. Yeah. He said, you want to wrestle? And he said, uh, no. <laughs> but it's a good spirit. Right, right, right. It helps people, but it's just backwards. Right. Literally. Oh, wow. You know? It's really odd. And I think it knows that. I think it just does that. Like, what other spirit will ask you? It's wrestle. Or do you want to, you know? I think it just does that, too. You know, just to, yeah. you know, part of its way. I don't know. <laughs> the little people everywhere, too. They're right there and everything, too. Like, okay, so my father-in-law leads this people back in the mountains on horses packing back there and he, he'll be the cook so one year he gets hired by the, the community college here to lead a group of students back and they're going to teach him about this that and the other i don't know what it is but he gets hired on as the guide he goes back there brings them all the way back they finally get all the way back here they're going to set up camp and they're going to do their thing and he's just camp crew you know he's not going out with them or nothing and so anyways one night he's sleeping he's all cowboy guy too and uh you know he just pulls puts his saddle down right there and puts his bedroom up to that and sleeps like that right there and that's how it was one night, and had his spurs off, all that stuff kind of piled beside his head, and he uh, comes to, and it's one of those dreams, so you come to when you wake up, but it's a dream. And so he woke up like that, and he come to, and he was, because he heard something, and then he sat up, and he started looking around, and geez, you see all those little people, little Indians, just kind of digging around in everybody's stuff, looking at everybody. You know, just looking like really curious. I said, they're all looking at people's things. Everybody was asleep. He said, uh, then I looked to the other side of me and he said, there's one standing there, a little man. And he had my spurs and he was, he was clicking that rolling with his finger and he was spinning it. And he said, your rolling's loose. He said, you know, you're going to lose this, right? And Daryl just looked at it. He says, oh yeah, I've been meaning to fix that. <laughs> and that little man just kept spinning that rolling and then he looked up at it as he was still spinning it and he said uh he said do you know who we are and uh daryl said i've heard of you guys and he said uh do you know where we come from daryl said uh in the, in the mountains right and that little man pointed to all of those trees every tree he was pointing he said we come from those he was pointing at the trees. So in every tree, there was a little person up there. That oh, place wow. where he was at. Uh, and so he gets up the next morning, because he had that dream. I slept through the whole night. He gets up that next morning, and that's what kicks it off. He remembers, because it told him about his Raleigh, and he didn't lose it. It was gone already. <sighs> yeah. It's probably them. They, they like shiny things. You can't bring shiny things into a sweat. They'll take them from you. Huh. Uh, you can't like say you forget your earrings or something they'll take them off you know? sometimes like if you just do it on purpose you won't get them back if you made a mistake you might find them somewhere down the road mm-hmm. if, if you do get them back but yeah they'll take them in the sweats you're not supposed to do that that's the little people any spirits in a sweat oh, will take okay. shiny things okay. I don't know why yeah but it, little person or not it doesn't matter what mm-hmm. they are they'll, they'll take those anything shiny in a sweat yeah, they don't want that. And just, just so everybody knows that the sweat lodge itself is a miracle. I don't know if anybody realizes that. You know, those guys in Arizona that were trying to run sweats that didn't have the rights and that were, you know, taught by natives, he was killing people down there. Like, people died in his sweat lodge, okay? And ours, nobody has ever died in them because they, of, of how they're done. They're, we say they're holy. The spirits won't let you get hurt in there. Mm-hmm. 
So it's a right to run a sweat lodge. You don't just run one because you see it on TV or you want to romanticize the idea. No, you're going to hurt someone if you do that. Right. And I'm not saying just because we're natives, we have the sole right to sweat lodges. We don't. Mm-hmm. We're not allowed to spread our way to anybody. We're not allowed to say, you know, to recruit. Mm-hmm. Instead, we can talk about it, explain what we do, and say, free to join one of our ceremonies if you are, come in, because they are open to anybody. In our way, we can't recruit you to come in. You have to come find us on your own. And then once you're there, I mean, you're invited in because it's not up to us to stop you from talking or or, or communicating, you know, like having a relationship with the Creator. It's not right. for us to, to stop that. We're supposed to let any people come. It don't matter who you are. It's people, you know. Humans don't matter who you are. It's just us. Right. All our right. brothers and sisters are all allowed to come. And it's kind of like that. But we're not allowed to recruit, and there's no money exchanged. You know, we don't want money. Mm-hmm. None of that. You know, and you have to come in a humble way, or they'll know. They'll know right away. <laughs> and you can't lie to them or try and you know make money if you're in it for money or whatever. Right. It's not like that. It, it don't work if you're trying to seek fame and fortune from it. It'll end in disaster like it did for that guy in Arizona trying to run the set lodge. You just don't play like that, you know. You get hurt. Yeah, it seems to be a bad idea to introduce a profit component into the stuff, like I was saying. I think it's got something to do with uh, a bad, uh, make a bad intent maybe down the road. I maybe, guess yeah. Just, I guess it's just something like that. It doesn't work. Ron, I want to thank you so much for sharing your stories. I'm sure you have more. I'd love for you to come back and share some more. Yeah, let's do another one because there's so many more. Like, you got to hear the bunk beds that got whirlwinded in this room one time. Let's do it. I recorded an entire other conversation with Ron. We had a second phone call. You'll be hearing more from Ron in the future on the show. It won't be next week, but somewhere down the line. So if you like my talk with Ron, stay tuned to Strange Familiars. This is not Halloween-ish at all, Allison. No, but I feel like it is for the season. I see no pumpkins, no ghosts, no spooks, no witches. No, it's for a different kind of season. Cold season. (laughs) So... This is actually a really, really cool tin. I guess I should have measured it before we started. I'm going to say it's 10 by 5 and a half. Let's see. It is 9 inches by 5 and a half inches. Yeah. 9 inches by 5 and a half inches by 5 and a half inches, I guess. Yeah. It's a big tin. But it's really, really cool. Here, ASMR time. Nice. Gibson's linseed licorice and chlorodyne cough lozenges. An ounce of these lozenges <laughs> contains 18 minims of chloroform and 2 minims of ether, guaranteed under the Food and Drugs Act of June 30th, 1906. It contains chloroform, ether, and cannabis in a linseed, a pleasant linseed flavor. <laughs> Is, where's the cannabis? 
Oh, I looked it up, and there's there is cannabis in it too. Oh, you looked it up. Okay. <laughs> the initial. It should help you with your cough. Yeah, yeah. It you probably should. won't cough at all. <laughs> It'll be out. Just a little bit of ether. Oh, I think chlorodyne itself is a mixture, maybe of uh, chloroform and cannabis together, and that's what makes chlorodyne. Maybe. Oh, okay. I looked it up before, and there's definitely cannabis and chloroform in it. Now, there's no actual candies in this tin. This is no, this is an empty tin. So, unfortunately, because <laughs> I feel like it could help me get through the winter. <laughs> I have a bit of a, a cough, sir. <laughs> but. You could keep your weed in there. You could keep your weed in it. Yeah. We're not suggesting that. We're not. I'm just saying you could keep it. You could also keep quite a few things in it. Yeah. Pretty substantial. It's a substantial tin. It has a nice palette. It's like a, a yellow background with some flowers and things you might see when you're hepped up on chlorodyne. <laughs> <laughs> Gibson's Lindsay Licorice and Chlorodyne Cough Lozenge Tin. I'll take a photo of this. I'll put it in the show notes at strangefamiliars.com. If you click on that, it'll take you to our Etsy shop where you can purchase this and other curiosities of the week. This is a neat one. While you're at Etsy, make sure to pick up one of those glow-in-the-dark Strange Familiars t-shirts. I think we still have all sizes from small through 3XL. At this point, get them while they're hot. We have the classic blue Strange Familiars Awoken Tree shirts as well there. Copies of my books. If you get them from Etsy, they come signed. Some of my music is up there. Do you have any original art? Some original art, some prints are up there. Allison has lots and lots of antique photos up there. And much more. Go ahead and check out our Etsy shop. The shop name is Lost Grave, because you can't change your shop name on Etsy. (laughs) I tried to make it strange familiars, but... Someone else has that name. Yes. So the shop name is Lost Grave. But if you type in strange familiars, you'll see our stuff come up. If you get stuff from our Etsy shop, that also helps us continue to make the show... All goes into one big pot here. While you're at Etsy, check out our friends at Karmic Garden and check out Chad Shop, Ruck Rabbit Outdoors. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back soon with more Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music books, art, podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stonebreath. If you want to hear more or purchase music by Stonebreath, you can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com. Strange Familiars is on Instagram. We are on Instagram, at Strange Familiars, one word. We're also on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Strange Familiars, where you can join the Strange Familiars gathering group. And you can find us on the web at strangefamiliars.com. A spike, a spear, a thumb for thee.